Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is your host, Ekta, and I'm super excited about who I have here today with me. Um, I would like to say we're friends now. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Holly Curtis, who is the Senior Director of um, PR at Blended Strategy Group. Welcome, Holly. I want to actually get started with you telling us about your career journey and how you got into PR. Um, really, you know, like the whole thing. I really want to know um, from the beginning if you can share that with us. Of course. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, it's been a long time now, I guess. But I'm originally from Melbourne, Australia, um, as some of your listeners might pick up on. Um, yeah, your beautiful accent. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I. I started my journey, I was obsessed, you know, with magazines and I thought, you know, I'm going to be a beauty editor. I want to be a features magazine writer. Um, I, you know, was doing, I studied journalism at Monash University uh, in Australia, in Melbourne, Australia with a minor in PR and um, Sydney is kind of like the, I'm from Melbourne, but Sydney is kind of like the New York in terms of where all the publishing houses were, Hearst, um, et cetera, you know, so all the magazines were out of Sydney. So I used to fly up to Sydney and you know, I look back like just with fondly on, I got to do work experience or what we call an internship with um, Zoe Foster, who um, people in America now know as, you know, the founder of GoTo Skincare. Um, but yeah. she was a big beauty editor um, and author and, you know, just all around amazing person in, in, in Australia. And so I was, you know, kind of interning for her and flying up to do work experience and internships at Cosmo and OK Magazine and, you know, all the Australian um, versions of those titles. And, you know, I vividly remember though hearing in one of my online journalism classes, the lecturer was just kind of doing the whole doom and gloom. Um, and this was, oh my gosh, like a long time ago, like 2009, maybe, you know, doing the whole doom and yeah. gloom that one person in this whole lecture hall is going to get a job and like you better have a backup plan because journalism's dead and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so oh, wow. Like, oh, <laughs> what am I going to do? And so I realized, you know, that, and I had actually one of the families that I was nannying for, I had a ton of jobs. I mean, the, the university experience in Australia is very different than the U S I mean, it's, it's kind of just like a, a it's not your whole world. I would say it's kind of yes. got a lot else, got yeah. a lot of other things, you know, I had four jobs and I did this and I, you know, would go to the bare minimum of classes that you could. And it wasn't like this kind of hangout on campus experience that, um, you know, for better or worse, but anyways, yeah. I was, working at a, um, a small marketing firm and um, the owner of that firm's wife had a, a small boutique PR agency where she did children's PR. And so that was kind of my first exposure into that. And I really realized that obviously you're working with um, you're working with the journalists and you're working to help develop these stories with them. But what I really loved is that there's, there's an additional, you know, business element to it. You know, it's a little bit more tangible than you know, obviously I think now with the rise of digital media, you can check your, your page views, your affiliate links, who's buying from what you've, what you've yeah. written about. But for me, I really love the connection between business strategy and public relations. And then of course, having the editorial writing spin, I think to be successful in PR, you need to be a good writer and you need to yeah. understand, you need to understand, you know, what editors and journalists are looking for and what's newsworthy. And so having that background in journalism, um, you know, certainly uh, was really beneficial there. So, you know, I was, I was working as a, you know, online beauty editor as well during, during university um, for, you know, uh, just a, a online magazine based in Melbourne called Anya magazine. And I was the beauty editor. So I kind of had like two feet in both worlds in a way. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which was, which was really fun, but obviously very hectic and 
you know, <laughs> it was a crazy Yeah, I bet. I bet it was like a crazy running around. I mean, that's just, I'm, I'm sitting here imagining all this, right? As you're like going through it. And I'm like, yeah, that must have been like, you know, you're a superwoman, lots of energy. <laughs> Back then, yeah. I mean, there was a, just a lot of, just a lot of, you know, hustle. I think you have to make it happen if you want it. So um, anyways, I graduated and then I actually worked as a marketing executive at Westfield. So the mall yeah. company that you might recognize here, but it's actually um, not too many people know, at least in the US, it's actually an Australian company um, that was founded in the fifties um, in Sydney. So I worked um, at one of the regional centers uh, outside of Melbourne and worked in marketing, trying to, you know, make my way into PR. And then I actually um, worked for an amazing agency in Melbourne called MKT Communications um, run by Sky Tipler and Jess Greenberg. And, and um, I um, was working there and, you know, for three, almost a little over three years, I guess. And um, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, it was really my first, um, you know, real deep dive in terms of you know managing a team a, a, yeah like experience exactly and yeah. um we had a really great roster of clients I mean I did uh was on the account team for Tom Shoes for the Australia um and New Zealand region so the mm. Australasia region region for Tom's and you know I remember we did an amazing press tour in Melbourne and Sydney for um Blake McCoskey the founder and event there so just you know amazing things there and then yeah, like you, you got so much experience. I mean, that's, that's so cool, because I've always wondered, um, in terms of like, you know, internationally educated people, right, individuals, like I feel like I also, you know, I, I went to overseas for some of my education. And it is so interesting to me how you bring that perspective over into the US and like, especially with something like marketing, like, yeah. um, you know, how do you feel about like looking back now on your career, obviously you've had so much experience and you've done so much good work now, but like just looking back and seeing like your journey from Australia and into the U S markets, like how has that been like that transition? Oh my gosh, it's been wild. So <laughs> <laughs> I look, I am lucky. I have dual citizenship. Um, just to put that out there. I know that there's yeah. a lot of people that, you know, struggle with the visa process. I, don't claim to know anything about that um, because as I said, very lucky to have dual citizenship. My dad is actually originally from Southern California. Um, oh, he moved out to Australia like in his early thirties though. And, um, and you know, he's there still with my, my mom is Australian and you know, the whole family, but um, I had traveled out as a kid and um, you know, in my early twenties and a couple of times, you know, throughout my life and, and a lot in my early twenties um, to see, you know, his side of the family. So I have cousins in San Francisco, San Diego, and right. in Orange County. So. so you've got, you had like a foot in the States basically. Like you had like your yeah. grounding. Yeah. In cool. LA. I'd been to LA once. I didn't know anyone in LA and I just was, I just always had it nagging in the back of my mind, you know, and I, had gotten out of a long-term relationship and I was really like, it's now or never, like I have to yeah. go. And it was, it was a big leap of faith. I mean, I literally, you know, I quit my job and, and I booked a one-way ticket and I was like, look, I have like what, two grand and two suitcases. If it doesn't work out, like I'll just come back. You know, it was like, yeah, yeah. Well it's either you do it or you don't. Right. Holly, it's just like, you either, you know, go forward or you don't. And if you, if you just stop, you know, it's very hard to pick back up. So I love that. I love that you just picked yeah. up and said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I, ha I always think like, I feel, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I was like, I made up a, I made up a saying, but I was like, necessity breeds motivation. It was literally like, I landed in yes. very lucky to be able to stay, you know, with my aunt for the first couple of weeks. But I was, I had like, I had literally had less than $3,000. $3, I was like, 
I have four weeks to get a job or I'm screwed. Yeah. Like, like it was do or die. It's do or yeah, die. You, do or do die it. you know, cause I had tried to connect with recruiters when I was still in Australia and it's like, I get it. No one wants to hire someone in another country, let alone, you know, another state. So I was like, I just have to get there and make it work. And so I was super lucky to meet Merit Loughran, um, owner of MML PR. She is amazing. She has owned MML has had 20 years in the business. If you can imagine wow. like a PR agency just lasting through all of the challenges of the last, you know, 20 years. Yeah, um, yeah. She's incredible and really took a chance on me because, you know, obviously with PR, like relationships are everything, but, and I didn't have any, you know, I was coming in at a mid-level senior um, position without, you know, 10, you know, eight years of PR contacts in the US. So that was- See, I want to, I want to talk about that more actually, the, the contact part of like PR and like the beauty industry in general, because, and I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I'm very, okay. very curious because um, I know that, you know, just in the little time that I've worked with skincare anarchy and just interacting with PR um, yeah. and people in, in the field, I, I wonder how that goes in terms of beauty overall. Like, how is that in terms of like, you know, like, what do you look for when you create connections, right? Like with people, like what are, what are some of the things? Yeah. Well, it was interesting because, you know, I think honestly, in my opinion and, and the way that I hire now, you know, even people um, on my team is that it's like, I look for smarts and strategy. And this is what I told a strategic mindset. Right. And this is what I told Merit. I was like, look, I don't have contacts here, but it's not, it's not rocket science. Like I've yeah. got experience, I've got strategy, uh, a strategic mindset. Uh, and I've got, hustle right so it's truly like yes I was starting from a a ground level but at the same time it's like if you have an interesting brand and even it's interesting to consider it this way even if you because I've worked across many 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 verticals of different industries I haven't just been like a beauty publicist right so yeah all your experiences in beauty and you get a uh even like a wellness client or uh, a food and beverage client, like that's a whole new batch of contacts that you're going to be brand new, new to, even if you're at a director level, right? So yeah. my perspective is like, if you haven't, if you're good at your job, if you're write a great pitch, if the product is interesting, if the brand is interesting, it doesn't matter if really, if you know them or not, like a, a good journalist should want to cover it, right? If it's if absolutely, it's yeah. So that's how I, even when I pitch, you know, new, um, new categories of business now, you know, at Blended, I'm like, look, I don't, I'm not going to tell you that I know the editor of, um, you know, that food trade uh, website personally, yeah, yeah. that we're best friends, but, you know, I can write a great pitch for you and you've got a great product and a great story. And that's my job to make it work. So yes, the beauty industry, I think is very, um, is very it's connected. connected. Yes, yeah. Very yeah. connected both on the brand side. So like a lot of people who work in-house at brands, you know, like if you're at L'Oreal and then you move to here and not this other brand, like, you know, the people, you know, the players. And I think yeah. that's the same, you know, with the press as well. Um, I think it's really changing obviously with a lot of people going freelance and, and there's not as many staff writers and, and the downside. So I'm confused about that. Right. Because for me, it's like, I don't understand in, in the beauty space. Like I want to know more about that because yeah. if someone's like interested in this as a career path, right. Mm-hmm. What do you like, how is that interaction between freelance um, writers or freelance? Like, how does that whole freelance aspect come in? Like, I really don't understand where it fits in. You know what I mean? In marketing and editorial. Um, well, a lot of freelancers were, I think, were previously staff writers, um, you know, with yeah. 
means they were, you know, working for one outlet. Maybe they were, you know, the beauty editor of Cosmo magazine. I'm just making this up as an example, but, right. you know, and then either there were um, layoffs or downsizing or they left. I think that now, I mean, you look at a lot of editors that have left, I think, voluntarily because they see a bigger opportunity for themselves um, in, in making themselves a brand, you know, almost in the way of an influencer. So yes, they might be a freelance writer, but they become a personality um in a, a yeah sense. like in themselves yeah social media because editors have always been influential obviously on the page or on the computer but now with social media it's like they're their own personalities and their own kind of like influences that whether they have you know 2,000 followers or 40,000 followers they're followed huh. for a reason for their expertise for their network for their what they're exposed to and the experiences that they share with their followers so I think that that's something that brands you know really has been an interesting part for me to help counsel brands on like what to can, you know, how to consider that. And um, also, yeah, the world of freelancers, it's truly like a full-time job just trying to keep up with them because there are hundreds. And then I bet. Yeah. I mean, somewhere and you know, and this, a yeah. beauty freelancer might suddenly write about fashion and then your client's like, why weren't we in this article? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even know that she was going to write about fashion. Like, you know, so it's, yeah. Really I mean, it's interesting. It's it's an interesting situation, right? Because for me, I, I'm curious how you feel, um, it, given your position, because you're kind of looking at both ends, right? You're looking at the brands and you're also looking at editorial and it's like almost as if, you know, the way I see PR and correct me if I'm wrong, is like you're like the golden link between the two, right? So it's like you have to almost yeah. have a duality in your perspective. So that's why I think your background is so awesome. It's like to have that perspective as the editor and then also obviously from the marketing and communications perspective, like, you know, the whole picture. And so that, that's where I'm going to ask you this big umbrella question, because for me, when I'm looking at beauty, I think it's too compartmentalized right now. And I think you made an excellent point just now where you're talking about, you know, an editor can write about beauty, but they might write about fashion the next day, right? So, and I think that's, that's really what we should all be doing. So in terms of strategy, if you were, if you were to come across a brand that you think is falling into multiple categories, how would you, like, what, how do you deal with that? Like, what's your strategy for making them, do you like help them improve their their story or their the way they're thinking about things like how does that work yeah I mean big question but um yeah I, know. I, I think that you know really with a brand it, no matter the category that they're in because you know at blended um you know at blended we we don't just work on beauty and I have a lot of beauty clients because obviously um you know beauty plays so well in PR, um, in, in experiential PR tactics. It, it plays so well in um, a lot of beauty brands have larger budgets for paid influencer programs. Um, you know, and at Blended, we kind of straddle both, um, both sides of the agency. But, you know, we also have some food and beverage clients and um, just signed a couple of, you know, parenting and baby brands and things like that. So, um, you know, I think that no matter the category, I think it's really drilling down to like, what is your brand about? It's more than a product. You know, what is your story? Do you have a strong founding story that is going to be put forward for business and lifestyle press? And, um, yeah. you know, is it, what is the product story? Is it an ingredient story? Is it a trend story? You know, you really have to drill down. And I know it's so overused and cliche, but like the storytelling aspect is, is so key. And like, how are you strategically employing that across different categories and for different editors, because you might say, I mean, I'm going to use, so New Face is one of my clients and I'm going to use yes. that. Because obviously they have an incredible product 
um, that really resonates with editors and, and, and consumers, of course, because you see the results instantly. So it's not like a serum or a moisturizer where, you know, after a month you might say, oh yeah, my skin's looking a little great and bouncy and bright, but it really does have that instant um, effect. So it, it gets a lot of great, obviously product coverage, but we have to look at it from a broader perspective. Like that to me is just not good enough to push, you know, just product, product, product all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You Build, you know, and I know you interviewed Tara, like Tara Peterson, like what is her founding story? I mean, the story of New Face is incredible. She founded it with her mom and sister 16 years ago out of their garage in San Diego. Yes. You know, it's a wonderful story. And she was, she built this company as the CEO, you know, up until um, late 2020, she was um, the CEO. So, you know, figuring out what the different angles are, like what are the business stats, what trade and industry stats, you know, how can we leverage like the growth that they had in, in sales and how can we um, drill down to what kind of the really unique um, business angles are or the, you know, the, the, the technical angles of, um, you know, of the product. So I think it's just really yeah. figuring out, like, it's almost like, like, I, I don't know, the visual I'm getting is just like, like smashing a ball and it's like where are all the pieces and like where do they land and so right that's why I said that I was like I you have such an aerial view of this industry from your position right like it's almost like that's how I look at PR it's like an aerial view looking down onto how all the pieces are fitting together and that's why I'm I'm so you know I've been so excited to really talk to you more because I want to know like you know, obviously the brands you're representing, you believe in them. And that's, I think the number one thing I think, you know, if you're believing in something, then more people are going to come to you of that are like-minded, right? Especially if you, they see like, okay, she represents a brand that I really believe in. And I want to, you know, like put my story in her hands. So I want to know like how much influence does somebody in your position, you know, could you have, if you had like a suggestion for a brand, right? Like if you were like, well, you know, what if, for example, like everyone scrutinizes brands, you know, about, do you pledge to do better? I love that. Don't get me wrong. I love that. But it's more of a, how can we help brands kind of find the steps towards those things? Right. And it's like, when I look at PR and marketing, I I want, like, I want to say that, you know, if there were better tools available or more options I feel like we could introduce brands um and you know the brand strategy to this idea of like more philanthropy or more you know what I mean like just a cause like those are the questions I have more so because you know that's where I get stuck is like how can we provide more resources you know to just smaller brands or anyone and just you know how does PR play into that yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think that, you know, a good, P- a good brand and PR agency or, or even your in-house PR rep working with an agency, I think that what's so key is that they need to be collaborative. A PR agency can only do as good as the information and the, um, the assets, essentially, you know, the information and assets that the brand gives them. It's very much a two-way relationship. I mean, I can't go and do amazing things for your brand um, if you are literally giving me the bare minimum of effort and information and just say, okay, go and get the world for me, right? So it's very much in terms of listening. And, you know, that was, it was a challenge. You know, last year there was a lot going on and, and you're, while there's certainly crisis PR professionals for a reason, and I don't claim to be one, um, I think that, you know, there's, there's definitely something to be said for like long. And that's why I really think it's, I love working with clients and to go back to your point on brands that you believe in, like brands that you really believe in, that you love to work with, that you have long standing 
relationships where there's a lot of trust built up because I want to be able to pick up the call, uh, the phone and call the VP of marketing or, you know, call, yeah. call the yeah. founder of the company like a Terra and like really talk about like, Hey, what's our response going to be to this? Or what do we think about this? And, and have them kind okay. of like have this two-way conversation where I'm giving my perspective. And that's also another reason that I love not just working in one, um, category like just being a beauty publicist there's definitely pros to that because you're immersed in that world like maybe you're you're only talking to those editors so you you get that deeper relationship with them but what I love is working across multiple categories you get that and to go back to your reference of that bird's eye like analogy you get to be able to transfer and 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 use like learnings and and things going on in other industries and other categories and to bring them across you know so yeah yeah have like a broader perspective um, than really just kind of being in like the beauty bubble or the fashion bubble. Absolutely. And so let me ask you one thing, Holly, because this is something I've always been curious about um, is, you know, in terms of bad publicity for brands. So what if, if there's, if there's, for example, an Instagram post, right, a brand puts something up and then you get all this hate on it. People are just obsessed with some rumor that's not even true. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, that's they're just going in. But yes. Yeah, like, you know, they're going in and, and so how does that, how do you deal with a situation like that? Is that like kind of your, um, is, is it up to the PR team now to like deal with that? Or is that, um, how does that fall in terms of the brand's responsibility? Yeah, luckily, and knock on wood, that has not happened to me yet in terms of like a major, major, you know, like yeah. scandal really, the where there's like a, 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 a major problem. And Look, I think it depends on what the issue is. If it's some completely unfounded, you know, just like rumor or someone, it gets a mountain out of a molehill because one person had a bad experience and they're, they're an influential person who's like getting their followers to come and pile on, you know, that's one yeah. thing. If there is a true mistake or, um, you know. It's like a real flaw. <laughs> right something that's valid I would always advise my my clients and the brands and in, in tandem with them and their you know their internal team obviously knows their brand best but I would really advise them like you've got to be forthright you know there's no point deleting comments and just trying to pretend that like nothing has happened right like I think yeah, that yeah. especially in the last few years like you really have to be accountable I don't think that you need to um I think like stay strong in, in your own um viewpoint like your, your uh, philosophy or your brand mission but if there was a valid reason that like you messed up or there was a true flaw in a product or in a way that an executive handled themselves or yeah you know, any type of customer uh, experience I think that you just have to be really forthright and and honest and again like you're to your point like pledge to do better and show actionable steps of you know how you're going to do that um but yeah. you know it's yeah. it is time right now you know for for brands and I think that a lot of people you know for good reason don't want to put a foot wrong um but I think that as long as the brand itself and this is you know to your point of working with brands that you that you really are passionate about I mean brands that have like a, a mission behind them I think are always going to do so much better because even with all of these different like societal issue, issues happening if you have like a a brand mission viewpoint, you have an authentic way to be able to show tangible help, like into a philanthropy aspect or one route of charity, for example, you know, and then there's a, a societal issue. You can relate your response back to the brand's phil uh, philanthropic mission. So if your okay. brand's philanthropic mission is mental health and there is the current campaign around, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, et cetera, you could say, 
Well, we care about this deeply. It is a broad societal issue. And the way that brand XYZ is going to help is through our true founding principles of supporting mental health. So we are going to be supporting or partnering or donating to something like the Love Lounge Foundation, which provides mental health services to, you know, young black women and women, women of color. So, you know, right. it's like that to me. I always think that are like rooted in strategy and not strategy that we're like, that word can maybe sometimes sound like manipulative, but. Yeah, it's not, but it's not though. That's it's a, very interesting. You said yeah. that because PR strategy is a real thing. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, a profession, obviously I'm, why am I telling you? Like I'm saying <laughs> in general, like, you know, it's a thing and it's, it's, you know, yeah. when I started this podcast, I really had this mission of highlighting the brilliant minds behind the beauty industry because it takes a lot of hard work and it takes, you know what I mean? It's so much thought and it's so much like just genuine um, efforts. And that's why I ask, right? Because we have so much, um, you know, controversy now where brands get attacked and they're like, you know, for example, there's like a rumor, but then like how to create that connection between the consumers and the brands and how to get them on a page where it's like, now that if you, as a consumer, if I'm offering suggestions to a brand, it would be cool if I could, you know what I mean? Somehow connect with their PR team and be like, this is, or a representative or something, right? And say, these are my suggestions. And to open a conversation where brands can hear you, because I'm not going to lie, Holly, most of the people that I've interviewed, like brand CEOs, and I don't know if you mm -hmm. share this experience just, you know, with your clients, but they're very open-minded people, you know? And sometimes they just don't know that this is a problem or that something that they're overlooking maybe. So if we were to open up a conversation, they're not going to be people that say, screw it, I don't care. You know, like yeah. they, they do care. Not every brand is for every person. And I think that's okay. Yeah, yeah. In, in a way that like, you're never, you know, I think it's like, let's take, let's take a step back. Like you're in, in the same in real life. You're not going to be best friends with every single person in the world. And that's okay. Exactly. You know, that there's also a sense of, again, know who your brand is, know what the story is, know what your mission is and, and stick to that. I think, yes, there's definitely something to be said for, um, for consumer feedback and really taking that on board. And it can be done in really positive ways where a product is shaped out of consumer feedback or yes um, exactly initiative yeah. or community campaign you know there's so many wonderful things that could be done but I would also say like you don't need to jump at every complaint you know like yes yes absolutely no obviously there's trolls all over the internet yeah. you know what I mean they're gonna go on there and just yes whatever I had no honestly the other day it's so funny and I, I'm not even I'm a very blunt person so I'm just gonna say there was like a comment on I think Kendra's episode and I messaged Kendra and I was like so what is this, like, what is bulk plastics, Kendra? Because it was something ridiculous, right? And I'm just sitting here thinking, and this is what brought, really brought this up for me, is like, people love attacking brands, but they hate opening up the conversation. Like, if you open that conversation, they don't, it's like, almost like they wouldn't have any suggestions. So that's why I asked you from a PR perspective, because that must be maddening. You know what I mean? Dealing with that. Oh my gosh, the amount of times, and I'm, this is me just being blunt, the amount of times I have to sit on my hands and be like, do not respond to like this comment <laughs> on whether it's like an in ridiculous comment on, you know, a, an Instagram account of one of my brands or, you know, or, you know, anyone in the industry, anyone of influence or, you know, I'm like, they're out there doing something like, what are you doing? So yeah, exactly. It's no, exactly. Sometimes. It's hard sometimes, but yeah, I mean, they're just trolls and you just, you know, you can't jump at everything, but um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, your point about like just the the U.S. experience I mean it is just from being here you know 
it is just such a huge, insanely, insanely huge market, right? Yeah. Yeah. Only just the breadth of editors that we have to deal with, like, you know, work with and, and, and keep track of and the amount of outlets, but the amount of brands and the amount of like key industry players is just like quadruple hundredfold, you know, then, so it's just like, so many moments I've had that are just like pinch me moments where I'm like oh my god like me from a little beachside town you know like (laughs) south of Melbourne like what am I doing sitting in this room and you know I think there's obviously moments where you're like imposter syndrome like I it's so funny like you know I remember um I was in New York City um you know with the MML team and um yeah and we were pitching for we were in the Revlon building pitching you know a new client was a big big beauty client and I remember sitting in this like amazing like top floor like huge conference room you know wraparound glass windows looking at the freedom tower and like behind me Statue of Liberty and I was just like what the f am I doing here like like, I was so distracted real (laughs) it was so surreal and I was so distracted in that meeting like pinch me like literally who would have ever thought I would be like watching the sunset over the Statue of Liberty while like you know right business with the rest of the key leadership leadership that my agency at the time you know mml and it was just funny and then even now with blended like you know the access and again like we do not really have celebrities in australia i mean we have like you know chris hemsworth but they anyone like work, anyone who makes <laughs> yeah. it like leaves right and comes to la and comes to the to the u.s so um you know apart from some local you know local stars on like home and away and neighbors i don't know if you've ever heard of those shows but um you know we don't yeah, really- at like a list level of talent so it's you know obviously being in this industry now you're definitely like you know desensitized to it but it's just it's still like it's it's amazing that um and I'm you know I'm proud of myself that I've been able to to really kind of I guess get a foothold here in in Los Angeles in this humongous market that is just you know 10 times fold um what we have in Australia and 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 get a handle on it and and now working with blended strategy group which is an amazing agency founded by Alison Statter and, and Sherry Jouar um you know even pinch me moments like facilitating you know interviews with Alison and you know Courtney Kardashian or, or Kim Kardashian or Chelsea Handler for different things that like we're working on with blended I think that um it's just those moments where you know I think for anyone who wants to work in PR and and, um, you know, I, I do speak with a lot of girls, um, you know, girls and boys that reach out, um, you yeah. know, who are recent grads and things like that. And I just guess that like my, you know, I'll always take, I think that female or mentorship and especially female mentorship um, is so important for, for a lot of careers, but I think especially in entertainment, in media, in marketing, in PR. And so I'm always happy to, you know, take a call from somebody who reaches out or asks for help or advice. I love that. I love that. I, you know, more women need to be like that. Honestly, I love, like, I love that you said that because it's so true. You cannot learn till you have some, a mentor, you know what I mean? Of some sort. And I feel like, especially for women, it's so important to hear that message, what you just said, because we, we struggle to find true mentors, you know what I mean? In the fields that we want to be in. Like, I know when I was doing medicine, I was always like dying to meet a female surgeon, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, I would love to shadow her, you know, like that kind of thing. So yeah, I hear you. Well, it's just to go back to the point of like, you know, if, you, you have to make it work. Like if you want it, you just have to make it work. And of course, like there are, everyone has their own personal cha- challenges and, and barriers to entry and things like that. But, you know, I spoke to one girl this morning, actually, um, 
you know, who, who had posted on online somewhere who was like, Hey, I, I need advice. Like I'm really struggling to get my, you know, my foot in the door with PR. And so I, you know, sent her my email and I said, you know, reach out if you want to chat and things like that. And essentially, you know, what I just told her is, you know, you, you need to show the skills. Like I, you need to beat down doors as a publicist to get coverage for your brand sometimes. I mean, unless you're doing Chanel beauty and everyone wants to, you know, cover the new lipstick from Chanel, like a lot right. of the time, like you, like we all call PR people, you know, publicists, like professional stalkers, you really have to like beat down doors to, to get that coverage for your clients, especially a new brand that doesn't have a lot of um, media or brand awareness. And, um, you know, I think that to show that hustle, but in your job search is going to be so valuable for when that person realizes like, Hey, this girl's emailed me and asked me for a copy or, you know, to catch up on zoom, even in COVID times, you know, there are ways to get around this. And one piece of advice I gave this, um, this young woman this morning was that, you know, COVID has made things really hard, obviously, for a lot of recent grads, um, but it's also really opened things up in terms of remote and digital learning. I mean, I've never seen more people. Yes. Yeah. Grad living in Kansas, helping them part time, you know, on Zoom from eight, you know, from nine till 12. And then maybe they can go work a restaurant job, you know, at night. And I'm not saying like unpaid internships. I'm saying, you know, these are people willing to um you know, who need the help. There's a lot of obviously big agencies that had a lot of layoffs in the entertainment and PR industry. And a lot of these people have gone on and taken that opportunity to start their own small boutique, you know, PR shop. And so they yeah. need, they're happy to have a, a recent PR grad from Mississippi who maybe isn't able to make the move to LA or New York straight away. Um, but, you know, have them remote. So this is just what I try and tell, you know, tell these people that I speak to is, you know, yes, COVID has made things hard, but you also have a lot of opportunity that wasn't there previously. I mean, a yeah. lot of people wouldn't have. Never- There's a lot, yeah. The digital yeah. And, the, and the remote <laughs> learning thing is great. Just, you know, just yeah. remote. Yeah. Yeah. Can you can you hear me? I was uh, delayed. Sorry, I'll edit this out. But <laughs> oh no worries. Yes. Um. No. Yeah. Say that again. No, I was gonna say it's it's been a lot more. Uh, you know, like digital digital options and you know online learning I think it's it's grown so much with COVID but especially for in terms of you know we're talking about communications I mean what a time right for PR and communications I mean this is if you if you really want to do PR if you really want to do you know this career path this would be the time to jump in and you know like exactly yeah and also a fair warning like it's not for everyone like I would really ask yourself do you really want to do PR I mean I ask myself sometimes that at 9 p.m. at night I'm like <laughs> I'm joking but it's I'm just saying like it's it's a tough job there are a lot of stakeholders not only you're dealing with your clients you're dealing with editors you're dealing with your internal team um and there's you know if you're at an agency of course you know you could have 10 12 clients who all want you to treat them as if they're your only client and so it, it can be really tough sometimes but it's also super rewarding you know when you see that that big feature on your client in a magazine or, you know, an interview online, or you see like the, and this is what I, you know, originally said I loved about PR when I kind of discovered it was, you know, when the client tells you like, oh, our sales are up or we see on the digital. Yes. Yeah. I bet. (laughs) From like that refinery 29 article and, you know, that converted to sales. Like there's that, you know, if you really want to dive into the analysis of it, there's a lot of kind of like statistics that can really drive you, you know, like, are we month over month improving our share of voice against the client's competitor set? You know, how is our reporting going? So there's, there's definitely um, a lot of that. And I think it's really challenging when you're starting out in PR because, 
you know, those, those entry level positions um, are tough. There's a lot of admin, there's a lot of reporting, but I think that like, as long as you can understand the bigger picture, why, and like how this all bubbles up to the greater goal of the agency um, and, 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 the, and for the client, you know, I think that the further that you're going to go and the further that you're going to, um, the faster that you're going to, um, you know, accelerate your career. Absolutely. No, that makes sense. Honestly, it, it's more of like, I think the hustle aspect that you said, it's, it's very, very true. And I think, you know, for anyone listening out there that's considering this as a career path, I mean, you know, I can't tell you how astonished I am at the hard work that goes behind PR. I mean, the one thing I've learned is that, you know, it's, you're right, you have to break down doors and you have to be incredibly strong-minded, right? To be able to do that. Like, it's, it's not, it's not just about, okay, well, I'm going to throw this out. Like you guys, to me, PR for me represents like the go-getters, you know what I mean? In the beauty business, like you guys really are trying to go out there and be like, this is something, you know, like a brand, for example, that you're representing, you don't just idly represent it. And, and that's where I yeah. think the whole idea comes in of believing in the clients that you have or that you sign. It's like, yeah. you know, you have to, at the end of the day, believe in the mission and the, the statement that, you know, what you're doing is actually meaningful. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. like, and so if you can do that. Put in the hard work, put in the long hours, put in the hustle when you really do care about the brand. And that's why, you know, when I made the move to Blended to actually launch. So Blended was founded as a um, influencer and celebrity marketing agency, just quickly because Alison's background is in talent. She was an incredible talent manager with Azov Music Group for like Gwen Stefani and, and oh, wow. J-Lo, like Jewel, like all of the, Christina Aguilera, like all of the top pop stars. And then Sherry's background was global CMO of um, EOS, the evolution of smooth egg-shaped lip balm. And so they started working together on talent deals, like literally before social media marketing influences were even a thing. It's, it's crazy. Wow. So I think Instagram had just launched and, you know, she was just like, yeah, all I want your clients to do is take a picture with the EOS, the lip balm and put it on Twitter. You know, it's like they yeah. have Instagram accounts yet. And it's just so funny to think now, like this oversaturated, like influencer spawn con world that like really they were at the catalyst of it. And um, anyways, that's how they met and, and found it, realized that there was a white space for an agency that really understood talent and how to work with talent and what, and what they're going to do, what they're not going to do, how to kind of like finesse them. And then obviously, you know, Sherry is a brilliant marketer and, and she understands what brands want and, and, you know, how to get the most um, strategic communications plan out there and, and marketing strategy so right. anyways I moved blended to start the PR division for them because it's obviously just like a holistic extension of of that like 360 marketing wheel right so it like makes yeah. sense if if you're um building like ollie vitamin uh, ollie supplements the gummy vitamins um and supplements is one of our clients and blended had worked with them for years um yeah. on building their celebrity and influencer kind of like talent ambassador um influencer marketing programs and so it just makes sense like when you're able to do that in one place at one agency and have a really holistic 360 plan of like right from the the ideation phase you know I can sit there and say okay well is you know we just announced Rebel Wilson as our um PR is it as the ambassador for Ollie for 2021 which is so exciting she's amazing congratulations Um, thank you yeah but it's like so you know when the when the team is sitting there on the other side of the business at Blended and they're ideating like who's going to be our person and you know for me to be able to sit at the table and have that kind of like almost in-house counsel in terms of this person's going to reach 
your social goals, but maybe not so much your PR or they're going to get you PR, but it's going to be like weekly tabloid PR and not like Marie Claire and Elle, which I know the brand wants. And, you know, I'm not saying that this is specific to Ollie. This is just an example of like, you know, how we work and also like how PR is so interconnected with all of the other facets of like a marketing and communication strategy plan, right? From like, yes, yes, yeah. Here and influencer. And so how do you leverage that talent that you have? And talent could be even just your brand founder, but like, how do you leverage that talent? Or it could be, you know, a celebrity like Rebel Wilson, who, you know, is going to be a paid ambassador, but how do you leverage that across into your PR strategy and, um, you know, and make the most for that for earned media? Because, you know, that is the difference. PR is earned. It's not guaranteed, you know, in any sense. So when you have these like, like cogs to kind of like make the wheels turn. It's just, um, it, it just allows for a much more robust, um, you know, PR strategy in the end. Absolutely. And I can definitely see what you mean. And I, I actually have a very, you know, I have a question for you because I found this to be interesting. You know, when I got my MBA, I kid you not, I came out of that and I felt like I didn't learn a damn thing, you yeah. know, because I feel like business and I, you know, it's very true because I felt, I feel like business is a, you know, the, I think the word business intelligence, I should say this, matches more of what I think business is. And I, I want to ask you in terms of just things you've learned that are, you know, just from experience, like, can you, like for everyone listening out there, something that you've learned just because you have had this experience rather than, you know what I mean? Like being trained in it formally or like, you know, something that really stands out in your mind. Ooh, that's a juicy question. Um, yeah. Well, like, I agree with you 100%. Like, I think that, you know, when I'm, when I'm hiring someone, even entry level, whatever, like, I want to see, you know, on someone's resume that you didn't just do one internship because, you know, your, your course said you had to, like, I want to see that you went out there and have done four internships, right? Because experience, yeah. like more than your degree, because honestly, it goes back to it, like not an MBA, but just even your, even your bachelor's degree, like, who really cares what, you know, your degree was unless of course you're in medicine it's like yes there are things you need to know right but, like, <laughs> but you know i'm not going to be sitting there going oh well this person's gpa was two points higher than that person's you know it's like what actual experience are you bringing to the job um what's your kind of like street savviness in a way you know in the industry as a whole and how have you applied yourself to even um learn more like even for these grads you know that are that it's it's hard it was hard to get a job in 2020 like what are you doing with your downtime like have you done a google analytics course or have you done yes, um yeah. you know one of those like amazingly cool like yale learning courses like how are you furthering yourself um so that you can bring more experience to the table and make yourself stand out because it is a really competitive industry um but okay to your question in terms of what i have learned um yeah, no, I mean, no, but you make a really good point, though. You make a really good point. It's like, and I think this is very important. And I'm glad you actually brought this up because right now in COVID, I, I mean, I kid you not, you know, we complained about millennials about how it was hard for millennials to find jobs. What about the kids now? Like, you know what I mean? Like college is almost becoming this, like, I don't want to say a moot point, but it kind of is. Everybody's got a degree and to get to be able to stand out, you need the experience. So I think yeah. it's important for to send that message out there, you know, for everyone who wants to go into anything beauty or anything related to like marketing yeah. or like business or, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you have to be realistic with yourself. And right now I think experience is, you know, it's experience is king. It, it's, it's what you need. Yeah. So it really is. Experience can be broad, you know, like if you are, struggling maybe you're not in a in a big city or something but if you're struggling to find like how can you go out and like this is another one of the conversations that I had with a, a girl that had reached out to me I was like 
go pick a local business in your town and do their PR, you know, like go and tell them yeah, business wow. and go and say to them, Hey, there is a local magazine and I'm going to get you in this magazine or I'm going to take over your social media for a couple of months. Like maybe don't pay me or pay me in whatever product that your business, you know, generates or what you sell, but like go out there and like get your own experience and then put on your resume that you were the PR assistant for XYZ, um, you know, boutique or bakery or whatever kind of like local business. I mean, that was just one idea I threw out there. I'm like, but love that though. I love that. Though. That's beautiful. Space in your resume to me. Like I want to, you could say, Hey, I got this person on, you know, I reached out and I found out who the editor of the, the local magazine was. And I, I emailed them and I got a feature on this, this person that's been, you know, baking pies for 45 years or, you know, something like that. Like this is, these are just all like small yeah, but I mean, you make great points. I mean, it's true. Like, you got to start from somewhere, right? So nothing yeah. is too small. No, I, I hear you. And, you know, the thing is, I think people out there, and this is, by the way, thank you so much for doing this, because I think, for me, it's a very important we spread this information, because there's a lot of there's a lot of confusion, you know, in terms of college and career tracks and how to get into where, because when I look at beauty as just a consumer and somebody who's always been, well, I, I haven't been in the industry, you know, at all. So when I look in, I'm like, gosh, how do you find new talent? You know, because there's so many people and there's just such a huge desire to come into this, you know, as a career choice, whether it's it's through this, you know, whatever route. Yeah. So how do you like really stand out? You know, it's yeah. not as easy as medicine. Honestly, I can say that. Because <laughs> in medicine, it's like you get, you publish articles, shit, you know, just publish three more yeah. articles. You'll stand out compared to applicant XYZ, you know, but in beauty, it's like, wow, you must have to go really above and beyond, you know? Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, I remember, you know, a couple of friends of mine, like we're teachers and teachers obviously do amazing jobs, but like teachers are very like needed. You know what I mean? It's like an essential service, same as medicine. Like, whereas some of these jobs that are a little bit more like, I guess maybe abstract isn't the right word, but it's almost like, it's not like there's just this job waiting for you kind of. Yeah. It's, you really have to go out and find your own space. And there are so many different iterations of what PR is, you know, some agencies do influencer marketing as well. And you've got to really, um, you know, wear a few hats and you're not just a publicist doing earned media, you're doing paid media as well. Or some PR agencies will also do people's social media. And so I think that you really have to figure out kind of where your strengths lie, um, what you naturally gravitate towards, and that can take trial and error. And that's fine. You know, that's fine as well. I had yeah. a, a, a wonderful, you know, girl work um, under me as an, as an assistant and you know she was she was great at her job but you know just I guess you could tell like I guess her heart wasn't in it and then eventually she came to me and was like I think I want to be a Pilates teacher and I was like well that's amazing <laughs> what a and career I, shift wow yeah. like, that would really suit you because you know like I said PR is not for everyone it is high pressure high deadline high expectations and you know quite frankly high stress because there's you have to get multiple things done at once and their your priorities are constantly shifting I mean you could have your plan for the day and then an editor says I want an interview with with Tara at New Phase and then I want you know product sent here and someone else does this and then another client says we have a report to the board due and we need you to pull stats and it's like okay well my perfectly planned day of all these other deadlines (laughs) just kind of like went out the window and you've really got to be able to like reprioritize a million times within the same hour you know absolutely no I must I I can only imagine how crazy it must get you know I think that and that's see this is you're just you're just adding to my point of like 
you know, before I started Skincare Anarchy, I kid you not, I, I was just like always confused about all the professions that come into play when you talk about the beauty industry or the entertainment industry. It's just like, you know, it was always these like hidden pieces of a puzzle, right? And it, for me, I, obviously there's still hidden pieces, but PR, the way you've explained it has just been, you know, it, it really like clears it up for me. And, yeah, and I think it validates what I think, it, you know, you guys really do have that 360 view and you have this, you have to be somebody who is very um, multitasking oriented. You have to be somebody who is very, you know, broad minded and you can connect different industries together to provide, you know what I mean? Like the best perspective kind of thing. So I, I really commend you for all of, you know, the hard work you've put in. I mean, it, I can only imagine how much it's taken, you know, to be as successful as you are. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been um, a lot of hard work, but like I said, I really credit a lot of the amazing, you know, female mentors I've had, like from Sky and Jess in Melbourne, Australia to, you know, Merritt and Kelly at MML and now Sherry and Allison. Um, you know, it, it's, it's so great to work for, um, you know, really inspirational, ambitious, and just frankly, like damn smart women you know like that's where I bet yeah hell yeah no I get it and I just hope that you know for the team that I have you know working under me like I just hope that there's like some element of that you know that 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 they feel as well because I, I think that that's what gets you through the hard times is just really um you know wanting to do good work for good people of course especially when you believe in what you're doing and I and I know you do because it shows in your work so you know I I, I completely hear you um and everybody out there listening if you're somebody who's interested you know in this area um you know for your professional track or you have more questions please do not hesitate to leave us comments some feedback in our cover art um I will pass everything along to Holly and let her team know um you know if they if they can answer anything maybe Holly um, yeah, so, you know, absolutely. More, as yeah. I said, more than happy to help everyone. I know how important it is to just have a bit of guidance when you're first starting out or just a helping hand. Um, and it's, it, it is really about, you know, as the cliche goes, like kind of networking and, and, and who, you know, and not in a, not in an exclusive, like privileged way, but just who you're able to expose yourself to, because it really is on you, you know, to put yourself out there. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Holly. This has been awesome. And I would love to have you back anytime, by the way. <laughs> well, it's, this is my first ever podcast. I mean, of course, because it's really interesting, like with PR, and I'll just say this quickly, I know we're wrapping up, but like, yeah. you're, you're so behind the scenes and it's very much like, I'm, you know, the publicists on the red carpet, they're all in black, you know, at an event, all, you'll know who the PR girls are, you know, they're all in black or the, or the PR guy, um, you know, because you're very much meant to be like behind the scenes. And so I, honestly, I was a little hesitant yeah. when you asked me to be on the podcast. I was like, oh, that's like a little self-promotional. Like, why, you shouldn't. No, it's that. not. You know, it's not promotional like, because the role of PR and, you know, you, the client first, the client first, you know, so. No, I, no, no. But it's the, here's the thing, though, Holly, I feel like, you know, like, seriously, I, and I mean this with like wholeheartedness, like I think you have to be truly brilliant to be in PR. I, I've come to realize that now because the, like the amount of dots you guys have to connect and the amount of things you have to juggle at one time, it's really awesome. And I, you know, it's awesome watching you work and it's awesome, you know, seeing the good work you put in. I mean, you know, just our interaction, you know, when I first met yeah. you, I mean, it was just so, it was so wonderful to be able to connect and as a consumer and realize that there are people here and there's a team of people here that are amazing brilliant minds behind a brilliant industry and we cannot stop you know we cannot like just not acknowledge that right like just yeah. because PR people are not where you know you guys are in all black and you're behind the scenes doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge the immense 
like, you know, just intelligence that goes into this. So yeah, I hear you. Thank and you. I, and I really commend Thank your work. So Thank you. It yeah. Was so I'll come back anytime. And yeah, um, as actors, yeah. like leave a comment or I'm happy to help anyone. If you want to reach out to me, that is no problem at all. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Holly. Okay. Thank you.